Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this off-season edition of the DFS Dreamer Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I am Wes Easley, one of your hosts on uh, on this podcast. You can find me over on Twitter at Loafinit. Don't forget to follow my guy, who is the star of the show, is what I want to call you, Pierre, because you are at Pete31 over there on Twitter. How you doing tonight, Pierre? Doing well, doing well. Co-star. You're a star as well, so yes, I'm co-star. Don't, don't give me too much credit here. I'm like a little falling star, though. You know what I mean? Like, you can see me one minute, and then the next minute I'm just burning in flames because of something that I've said. At least that's what it feels like every once in a while. <laughs> I'm sure it does. You you say some wild things at times. Yeah, well, like you that's call, like, I got us the Antetokounmpo, like you were, you were calling my <laughs> baby names or something here at night. <laughs> well, we don't have to worry about that anymore. We're going to go over that a little bit here on this podcast. We always, during the summertime, looking for different kind of content. So we're going over some of the NFL rosters. Today we'll be in the AFC South, I believe it is. I think I said that right. And we'll also be covering some of the NBA. We'll be going over MLT, MLB team stats tonight. And we are going to do a little prize picking Pierre, I'm going to pick your brain about some prize picking future bets. And people can always sign up for prize picks using that code FI today over there at prize picks, and you will get your deposit matched. All right. Your deposit will be matched. And it's, it's a lot of fun over there on prize picks. So, Pierre, you talked yes. about uh, you, you talked about Giannis. Giannis can be talked about a lot, and he because he's going home. He is. He is. I was, I was like 50 50 on all these. So, uh, I thought the Bucks would close it out at home over Boston. They did not, uh, and then Boston closed it out at home. So Bucks and Giannis went home. And the same happened to the the Suns. I thought they would close it out at home as well. Uh, and Luka Luka Doncic had different plans, different ideas. He sent them home packing. So the two teams that were in the finals uh, last year uh, come up just shy of the conference finals. So now we got uh, Golden State. Uh, in Dallas, so I had half of that because I did have Golden State, and then we have Miami and Boston, which I had half of that because I had Miami, so half and half. Uh, <laughs> didn't quite get there, but I, I'll take 50%, I guess. So if we're going out on any kind of limbs right now, I, I, uh, Dallas or Golden State? I never thought Dallas would make it this far. i just be honest with you. I, you you've heard me poo-poo in Dallas. Ah, they ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> hey, first round, I have swept in the first round, and, and here they are. They're still standing there, but I can't I can't go against Golden State at this point. Yeah, I, I felt that Golden State was going to win it since the beginning. They were my pick to win. Uh, just once they, they got healthy, once Clay got back and healthy, uh, they, they have the talent. You know, Clay, Steph Curry, obviously Draymond, their big three there. Jordan Poole's been spectacular uh, off the bench himself to, to give them a little bit of, of young blood there. And, and they got some young guys, too. Like, you look at Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga can give good minutes. Uh, Looney's, you know, playing big underneath. So I just thought they had the, the, the chemistry for one, they've been there. They've won titles before. Uh, Steve Kerr's obviously important. So uh, hopefully he can get back coaching, but just the, the, the tenure, the chemistry uh, and the talent on the floor, I just felt like Golden State was, was going to be back in the East. It's tough. I mean, Boston has a really good defense, uh, but they're kind of facing some COVID issues right now. Al Horford missed uh, the last game. Uh, Marcus Smart missed it because of a, a foot injury, but now he's tested positive as well. So it'll be interesting to see if they can even play, you know, these games coming up here. Uh, but if they're not fully healthy, uh, I do like Miami. 
Uh, they, they tend to play better at home, and they have home court advantage, so I'd probably lean Miami now, uh, probably have them and Golden State in the finals, given the, the Boston COVID situation. Yeah, it was it's fun. I know you keep your eyes on the Bulls too because you're up there in Indiana. You got the uh, Pacers as one of your one of your uh, favorite teams there. And watching Jimmy Butler grow as a player since he was brought into the league, and of course he was a, a young Chicago Bulls six man there for a while. Mm-hmm. To see him develop into the player that he is, it it was written on him maybe about that second or third year because I just kept seeing him grow his game every year. I, he couldn't hit an outside shot to save his life the first year that he was. <laughs> in the league but he has continued to develop uh, of course now into one of the most premier players in the nba i'd like to say yeah i mean he he started off more as like a defensive guy honestly oh, yeah. um believe mm-hmm. out of marquette and i mean he was with that bulls team good team there uh obviously that was you know back when they were younger healthier uh thibodeau was playing him a bunch of minutes back then I believe he went <laughs> to minnesota uh for a bit uh, he was in Minnesota for a second. Didn't get along with with Cat and Carl Anthony Towns out there. Then he went to Philly, and that's kind of where this whole Miami thing took place. He was in Philly. They had a good run. Philly, kind of trusting the process, had to decide between him and Tobias Harris. They picked Tobias Harris, and now they reap what they sow. Uh, Jimmy went to Miami. Uh, he's been the star of that team. Uh, obviously knocked off Philly. He even made the comment, you know, Tobias Harris over me after yeah. he eliminated yeah. him. So uh, he, he definitely uh, just blossomed as a player, and he's one of the top in the league. You kind of hear trouble every once in a while. Like early in the year, he got in an argument with the coach and with Haslam. But, I mean, at the end of the day, on the court, you know, he's successful, and he's leading the heat right now. Yeah, he was – once he became pretty good in Chicago, he was known as a prima donna around Chicago. Yeah. As well. He wanted his own locker room like Michael Jordan. He wanted his own – yeah, he just became a prima donna there. And one of the other things that, that I kind of noticed about Jimmy Butler is at some point in a series against LeBron, I, I saw mm-hmm. on-the-court respect from LeBron James to Jimmy Butler, and I really thought that they would end up being on the same team at some point because Jimmy was hopping from team to team and LeBron was hopping from team to team, pulling in people yeah. with him to be able to play. But it never ended up coming to fruition. But uh, that's kind of when I went, oh, boy, they, they, Jimmy, Jimmy is on a whole other level because LeBron really kind of respected him at that time. He did, and a lot of that took place in the bubble um, and that's actually where I feel um, Victor Oladipo, who was with the Patriots at the time, that's where he kind of got lured to Miami. Uh, he was coming off the injury, but you saw the conversations taking place in the bubble. Uh, the Heat made it to the the finals that bubble year, lost to LeBron and the Lakers uh, there. So it just kind of all developed there. You know, they're all on a, a campus there in Orlando. Uh, they're all just, you know, eating together, uh, even though they're on, on different teams and yeah, you can't do it from like a, an organization uh, to a player or agent, but player to player, you can tamper all you want. So a lot of conversations <laughs> took place there, and I think that's where some of these guys jump ship to other teams based off that bubble. Yeah, and there was a lot of things going on in the bubble, a lot of things tampering in that bubble as well, Pierre. But we are on to the NFL real quick, over to the AFC South where, of course, it is your team. And I will say my adopted team, the Tennessee Titans, are in there. Your Indianapolis Colts are in there. And since Adopted I, team? What? Since when? No, no. I've, I, Tennessee, man. I, went with, I mean, the Titans became a team down here. No, 
no, no. The you Titans kicked became, your bears to the curb. <laughs> no, no. Well, there was there were some years I wanted to, but I mean, the Titans were on every single week, and the Titans became a franchise whenever I moved down here to Alabama, sometime in that that time frame. And you know, the mid mid city miracle or whatever that was called um, at, at that time. Miracle. That Music was a city lateral, miracle. by the way. Yeah. But go ahead. <laughs> but you know, that was all. It all came about right around that same time, and so it, it's yeah. just one of those things. Anyway, uh, and your Indianapolis Colts are in there, which we need to go ahead and get started with the Indianapolis Colts because no matter who we talk about on this, it's always all roads lead to Indianapolis for you. So you're going to end up winding it down there. <laughs> you know, you'll be saying Ryan Tannehill is a pretty good quarterback, but he's not as good as Matt Ryan. I really like Matt Ryan. Every single every single team will just go back. So let's start off with Whatever. the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> and they did have another quarterback change there this year. Is This is yeah. the third Third quarterback in a row, fourth maybe. I, I don't remember how many years. Or yeah, technically at at five. So you had wow. luck. Um, then luck got hurt, and from a starter standpoint, they started Scott Tozin uh, the year after luck got hurt. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was in the mix uh, as a starter. Philip Rivers yep. Uh, yep. came in fourth, and then yep. Carson Wentz was was number five there. So we've kind of run through it there since the luck retirement. But, and, and now Matt Ryan is driving, is, has the keys to the car there in Indianapolis. Do you guys have an age limit on the quarterbacks that you have to get? Or, or how's that working right now? That, that's well, Wentz was, I, Wentz was 26, 27. Oh, thank you very much. He's yeah, old. Ryan's up he's there. Old. Uh, well, and Rivers was, was older, but, I mean, you got to work with what you got to work with. Yeah, that's true. It was clear that, you know, Ursay didn't want to stick with Wentz for whatever reason. Uh, Matt Ryan became available once the, the Falcons got into the talks with uh, Deshaun Watson and many thought he was going to end up in Atlanta before Cleveland fully guaranteed his contract. Uh, Ryan became available and uh, the coach jumped on it. It seems like reports so far is really good, has a leadership that, that the coach are looking for. Uh, a lot of comparisons to, to Peyton Manning. Uh, he's, he's really close with Peyton, who kind of convinced him that it was a good organization to join. So uh, at least two years. He'll, he'll get two years. Then we, we could be on number six, but he'll, he'll have a chance to, to see if there's anything left in that arm and if he can lead this team who many feel, like you stated, are, are kind of on the cusp of, of doing some damage, and we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, the good thing is is Indianapolis is one of those perennial favorites in that division. And when you look at the mm-hmm. rest of that division outside of uh, Tennessee, it's it's really kind of easy pickings there a little bit for Matt yeah. Ryan. And one of the things he can do is he can recognize the window and throw it into the window before anybody gets before you know anybody else gets there. He can throw it there. <laughs> now, when I look at this though, who he's going to be throwing it to, I see some familiar faces, but I also see some faces that are gone. I see Michael Pittman Jr. here. I see Alec mm-hmm. Pierce. I've never Never heard of that before, and Paris Campbell, but I'm not very familiar with this wide receiving core, Pierre. Yeah, young core. Um, obviously, you probably know Pittman. He was the the main guy really last year. Uh, we going into his third season out of USC. Alec Pierce uh, was our first pick in the draft, second round, uh, pick 52 out of Cincinnati. So um, he was there with Desmond Ritter, uh, who was one of the top quarterbacks that went to the Falcons. Uh, believe it or not. Uh, but he really tested well at the combine, ran like a 4-4-40, uh, 6-3, uh, former volleyball player as well. So he's looked really good at, at rookie camp. Uh, they're going to be depending on him. Uh, younger room for sure. Uh, definitely don't have the, the vets. You know, obviously T.O.I. Hilton's one that's that's missing from this list. He's still a free agent. So, I mean, there's always the, the possibility that, you know, they could still sign him b- before, you know, training camp opens. Uh, been rumors of Julio Jones, who obviously has the the Matt Ryan connection, but 
right now, real young group. Uh, Paris Campbell, uh, he was a higher pick uh, coming out of Ohio State. Uh, him, Terry McCorn was on that same team. Both went in the same draft. Hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um, so hopefully, you know, he can stay healthy. Good report so far uh, out of uh, his just healing from the, the injuries he's faced. He actually has a, a show uh, on YouTube that kind of just goes through his journey uh, that I would recommend as well. Really a guy you, you pull for uh, if you watch that. But, you know, he's he's got to prove he can stay on the field. Uh, that's going to be key. And then these other guys, I mean, they're they're young. They don't they don't know how to Patman had a, a big catch in Arizona <laughs> on Christmas last year. Kiki Kuti had some success with the Texans. Uh, really didn't see the the 53 man roster last year. Uh, Ashton Doolin's one to watch. Um, he's a burner. He has speed. He had a couple big plays uh, mm-hmm. last year. He's more on the special teams, um, but he he could get an opportunity if they don't bring in a, a veteran uh, wide receiver here to to join this group. Yeah, I think, I'd imagine they're really looking for that veteran just to come in here and teach these guys something, you know, especially pairing him up with a Matt Ryan and Julio Jones really sounded like a nice fit there. I just don't know if Julio wants to put up with Matt Ryan again for another year. That's that's one of those things. Uh, I also look at the tight end room a little bit. Jack Doyle gone. Um, yeah, I still have Mo Ali Cox, though. And I'm telling you, Matt Ryan has always had a great connection with the tight end, and I know that's something that the Indianapolis Colts have tried to utilize throughout the year as well. And they still have is Kyle. Kylan Grayson, is that how you say his name? Killing Kylan Grayson? Kylan Grayson. Yeah, he was their draft pick last year who had all kinds Mm -hmm. of potential. And I think without Doyle being there, maybe he'd be able to reach that potential. It's it's possible. Um, Fourth round pick out of SMU for for Kylan Grayson. His tight end room is going to be wide open. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, no Jack Doyle. It's tough because tight ends don't, don't really break out year one. Uh, we kind of saw that a bit with, with Kyle Pitts last year. He had a he had a good year, um, but it's not that explosive type year. Uh, you saw it with Fant, Hawkinson. Uh, it usually mm-hmm. takes a tight end, you know, a year or two to get going. But uh, Wright loves the tight ends. We we saw it in Philly with, with Zach Ertz. Uh, he had Trey Burton there. We brought Trey Burton here for a while. Ebron uh, had a big year uh, with Luck uh, when we, we first got Frank Wright as well. So someone from this tight end room could – could definitely emerge. Uh, we've seen uh, Matt Ryan. Again, he threw the pits last year. He had success with Austin Hooper when he was younger. Uh, so one of these guys could definitely emerge. Jelani Woods, our third-round pick, 6'7", uh, like 240 out of Virginia. Really big guy, big body. Uh, shows some, some, some routes as well uh, there at Virginia, but he should be able to win some matchups. Uh, another rookie they took was uh, Andrew Ogletree. Uh, out of one of the smaller, uh, I want to say Division II schools, but uh, again, big athlete, big body. Uh, they're they're getting they're getting competition. They're, they're basically filling up the depth chart, getting guys with size. Chris Bauer loves big, big pass catchers, playmakers. All these guys are like six three or taller, uh, and they're going to get a chance to compete against each other, get on the field. And if they're on the field, given the lack of tight end one, uh, all these guys, whoever are on the field, are going to have a chance to produce. Uh, it's just going to be a guessing game on who's going to kind of win out those camp battles. Pierre, we don't have time to talk about third or fourth string tight ends on a team with Matt Ryan throwing to him because I have found <laughs> something here that made me so excited right now. Look at the Uh-oh. I don't know if you have it pulled up in front of you, but it's as close as we're going to get. It's a, Pierre, it's as close as we're going to get. Look at the second string center for the Indianapolis Colts. Do you see him? Do you see what his name is? Can you see it? Who, Pinner? Wesley French. 
the second string center is as close as we are going to get to mashing up our name of Pierre. Prince, we need a jersey, Pierre. He might be the official guy for us on the the DMS Speaker podcast. Hey, we've completely circled around the drain right now since we're talking about Wesley French. But I circled all the way around the running back situation because if you have that much love for the third and fourth string tight ends. <laughs> I can't well, they might imagine. not be third or fourth. That's the thing. You don't know who's going to win that battle. Yeah, Mo Alley Cox, but you don't know who the other guy's going to be. <laughs> it was great analysis. Hey, great analysis. I'm just sitting there looking at it going, who in the world are we talking about? Uh, but no, running back situation, Jonathan Taylor, of course, he is the the number one pick in fantasy overall. I think Jonathan Taylor has got to be that guy. If you are sitting there with the number one pick, are you not taking Jonathan Taylor with the number one pick in a redraft league? You are. You are. Uh, hands down, he's the the top guy. Um, he may not see the volume that he, he saw last year because the, the plan is for Matt Ryan to have more success than Carson Wentz had. Uh, but even if he doesn't see the volume, he could have better opportunities for one, the passing game, uh, because Ryan, you know, will do those checkdowns that Wentz seemed to ignore. Uh, but in addition, if there's the the passing threat, that's going to open up, you know, some of those eight, you know, nine man boxes that he was seeing late in the season. So yeah, it's definitely a one dot one for for Jonathan Taylor this year. And they've added Philip Lindsay to back up Naheem Hines, who always seems to get a boo boo here and there. You know, Naheem Hines is, is one of those little boo boo guys a little bit. Uh, and and I don't mind the Philip Lindsay thing. We've, I, he was a big name his rookie year, I think his rookie year. And we've just never yeah. really heard much out of him ever since there. I think it's Jonathan Taylor's show. And then Naheem Hines is still going to have his role to be that big explosive back for those zero RB truthers out there. Yeah, and Heinz is going to be more involved. Like they they talked about, you know, playing him in the slot some, getting the ball in his hands. Again, a lot of a lot of blame went to Carson Wentz, whether that's right or wrong. Um, that's not up to me to decide. You know, he's been moved, but they were they were saying he basically wouldn't take you know the checkdowns, the the quick plays. He was always looking for the big splashy play, which got him in trouble, got the offensive line in trouble. So they're hoping to get Nine Hines more involved. Uh, I think Lindsey was more adept. You know, type of signing there. They had Marlon Mack last year. Marlon Mack didn't want to play special teams, which is why he was often inactive. Uh, Lindsey will play special teams. And as you mentioned, he did have a pretty big rookie year in Denver. That didn't show much, you know, when he was there in Houston, Miami, et cetera. But it's always good to have depth at running back in case guys get banged up. Uh, you can give them breathers when it comes to, to carries and such like that. Well, let's get into fantasy impact today, automobile here, and take a drive down to Houston and the Houston <clears throat> Texans depth chart. Uh, Davis Mills, of course, being the quarterback there, uh, came on last year. I feel I felt pretty strong about Davis Mills in some of my he felt very strong about Davis Mills <laughs> in some of my builds and some of my stacks. He did pretty well. I'm not going to say he's going to do well at all this year because when I'm looking at this team, I'm going wow. He's got some of the same wide receivers, some of the t- same tight ends, but man, Marlon Mack went down to Houston and is the number one running back for the Houston Texans. Pierre, how, how did that? How, how did that happen? Well, I mean, you got to think he he was a thousand yard rusher uh, the year before the coach took Jonathan Taylor. He started, you know, when that that camp broke with Taylor. He started week one in Jacksonville towards Achilles. And that's kind of when, you know, Taylor got the ball and and took off, never gave back that starting job. 
uh, last year, you know, he, he really didn't want to play special teams. So they, they had him inactive a good point of the season looked about, you know, potentially trading him didn't feel the need. I think they kept him for depth just in case anything happened to Taylor and Hines. But if he's, he's a year removed from that Achilles injury. That's good. Uh, he, he was a thousand yard rusher. He's still only like 25 years old. Okay. So it's, it's possible. He could, he could be a sleeper in a lot of drafts. Uh, he's going really late uh, and a lot of best balls and a lot of redrafts. So, I mean, he's worth a shot. You know, you got to think about the, the volume volume speaks a lot and he's young. He's shown he's capable of doing it. If he's fully recovered from an Achilles, like we kind of saw Cam Akers there at the end of the year last year, when he got fully recovered from his Achilles, uh, Marlon Mack could be a really good sleeper uh, here at running back position for the, the Texans. And really no competition there either. Rex Burkhead is backing him up. Mm-hmm. Damian Pierce and, and Ag- Agun Bawale. I did it. I <laughs> yeah, did it. you did. Nailed Thank it. Thank you. Uh, but uh, so, so Marlon Mack, and honestly, last year, when I saw him play a couple of different times, uh, not a lot, of course, not a lot, I went, oh, he still has it. You know, that, I mean, when yeah. he was out there on the field, I said, oh, he still has it. Man, Indianapolis is going to have a little one-two punch here pretty soon. And then Jonathan Taylor, like you said, never gave the ball back to Marlon Mack whatsoever. <laughs> and and something was going on there in the front office with Marlon Mack in between him and the front office or the coaching <laughs> staff or something. It, they, they just had that kind of feeling and that vibe going on there. Davis Mills is looking at the wide receivers, and he's saying, hey, I recognize these guys. Brandon Cooks, I know who he is. Nico Collins, I know who that guy is. Chris Conley is backing him up. Chris Moore, you know, all those names ended up probably because the Houston Texans were playing from behind so much that they had to throw the ball so much (laughs) that all those guys became fantasy relevant at one point or another. And then Mm -hmm. they added my guy, John Mechie the third, right? The little, hey, hey. I just I just did the little karate kid thing right there. Uh, but he's added to that room, too. I don't think that he's going to be healthy for the start of the year. I could be wrong. I haven't heard the latest mm-hmm. news, but I know that he was banged up. At, but that guy, he, he's fast, man. He's just he's just playing outright, outright fast. I think he's going to be a great compliment to Braddock Cook and Nico Collins. Yeah, um, good pick. Uh, I like what he, he brought to the, the Crimson Tide when he was healthy. Uh, obviously, him and Jameson Williams there did some things. Uh, for Alabama, hopefully he can get back healthy. Not sure it'll happen at the beginning of the year. Um, so you, you got to be careful just with him early on. You know, you'll, you want to make sure he's getting his footing. Uh, but he should take some attention off of Brandon Cooks, who's obviously going to be the, the wide receiver one. Big target monster uh, there last year with yeah. Davis Mills under center. As you mentioned, that was your your guy. He was your, your DFS value. I even made fun of it a couple weeks. Uh, but he has some trends. Like he started playing well at home, uh, and then all of a sudden he just started playing well in general. And they obviously really liked him. Uh, took him in the third round. He was their first pick in that draft. You know, knowing that you know Deshaun Watson, you know, for one wanted to be traded, but also then got into the the legal issues. So they they really like Mills. Uh, he's going to get a chance. No no tie rod anymore. Has Kyle Allen behind him, so he he should be. The, the quarterback didn't really draft one either. So we'll see what takes place with, with Mills. But, yeah, I think Cooks will still be a target monster. Second year for Nico Collins uh, out of Michigan. So he he could take that next step. And then you're you're basically waiting to see if Mechie can get healthy and kind of help those two guys out. Uh, I'm not really sure on Collins. He's, he'll have a week here or there where he's decent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I really wouldn't worry about him at all. 
Yeah, yeah, and John Mechie's one of those names that you got to put in those best ball drafts and just oh, let, yeah. just just let him sit there for a while and let's see what ends up happening by the end of the year. Uh, tight end room, not much going on here. Brevin Jordan, Farrell Brown. I think I'm trying to remember whether or not which one of those guys was the guy to own last year. I think, and, and even it in DFS circles, it was Jordan, wasn't it? Yeah, and Farrell Brown was kind of the guy everybody was talking about, I think, at the beginning of the year, and then Brevin Jordan was the guy who came on towards the end of the year. Uh, just a lot of hurt, mm-hmm. hurtness there in the yeah, they also had uh, Jordan Akins, who's, who's oh, not there now. So Brevin Jordan is the one that came on late. Jordan Akins was the early guy, but Brevin should have all the opportunity this year to, to be that tight end one. Let's go over to Jacksonville now, Pierre. Let's hop in a plane instead of flying in, uh, instead of going in a car. Let's <laughs> I don't want to go to Jacksonville. We can't win in Jacksonville. Let's, <laughs> well, let's just not. go there for the beaches. Let's let's go there for the scenery. Let's. All right, Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Beathard, uh is not in competition for Trevor Lawrence's job, is he this year? <laughs> No, not okay. at all. Okay, all right, just wondering, just asking, just asking. Trevor Lawrence, of course, is that big, huge first pick of the draft, I believe it was, out of Clemson yeah. for Jacksonville, and and he he's supposed to be the guy. We put a lot of things on Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer's is gone. Is Trevor Lawrence going to be the guy this year, Pierre? Because when I was looking at it, and when uh, me and Rob were looking at it last week on the Baby Bowl podcast, we did a little bit of prize picking future bets on the quarterbacks and couldn't believe how bad Trevor Lawrence was. How could, hey, just, man, out of all the passing attempts, the yards per attempt, all those things, Trevor Lawrence looked terrible. And it was Urban Meyer's fault, I know. But is Trevor Lawrence yeah. going to take any of this this year and use it and capitalize on what he didn't accomplish last year? Jacksonville better hope so, because he was he was that, that prodigy type of, of quarterback. Uh, kind of similar to like your Andrew Lux. Uh, he was the one that folks were waiting for that, you know, the, the tank for Trevor type of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was that good uh, there at Clemson. Uh, I think you saw that a bit being a Bama fan as well, but he, he's going to have to step up. Obviously all the excuses were going towards Urban Meyer. Rightfully so probably the case, but you know, he's, he's got, you know, Doug Peterson. Now uh, we saw him have some success, obviously with, with Wentz, Nick Pose, et cetera. So, uh, he's going to have a chance to to show that he's who everyone thinks he is. They went out and tried to, you know, get some weapons, probably overpaid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for Christian probably. Kirk. probably. Uh, kind of set the market overpaying for Christian Kirk. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> they added him for a lot of money. Uh, added Zay Jones, uh, who, who had a pretty solid season uh, with the Raiders. He, they still have Marvin Jones. So you got the Jones boys there. Uh, LaVisha Chenault, not sure what he's going to be. Uh, but they used an early round pick on him. Uh, Treadwell looked pretty solid uh, for them late last season. He was a first-round pick out of Ole Miss, I believe, for the Vikings, either Vikings or the Falcons, uh, back a few years ago as well. So they got him some some talent. Uh, Evan Ingram at tight end. Yeah. Yeah. They went out and got him to pair with Dan Arnold. So this is this is a roster that they're trying to to see if Trevor Lawrence is the guy, and Urban Meyer's not going to be an excuse. So if he's going to take the next step, it needs to be this year. Now. They did go out and get get all that. They spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of money. They got big yeah. names. They did everything they could. I don't know that there's any more excuses right now for Trevor Lawrence. And they always spend a lot of money, though. That's what's scary. They always spend a lot of money, and they always have like a top five Because <laughs> they're always on vacation down there. All these guys go, yeah, we'll sign there. Yeah, all that money, and now we're on vacation. Oh, yeah. But I'll th- you said exactly. that I got a chance to see him a lot, and I did. And I did not think Trevor Lawrence was going to – do well in the NFL. Now, I'll, I'll just, I, I think you can go back to past podcasts and hear that uh, from what I said, mm-hmm. because 
he made the college game look too easy. I watched him play in college, and I was going, he ain't even trying. And then I went, yeah. well, maybe, maybe he is really trying. And I just don't think that that's going to be able to translate to the NFL because he's not that fat. He's not. He doesn't have the greatest. He doesn't have that accurate. And so I just didn't think he's going to translate well to the NFL. We shall see. I don't think there's any more excuses uh, other than you yeah. know year two. Year two. I agree. I agree. Okay. All right. Let's go over to Tennessee. Pierre the Jacksonville and their one in seventeen record or whatever it was. Enough of that. Let's yeah, go apparently your adopted team. All of a sudden, apparently this is your adopted team. You know, news to me. To start this podcast, but here we go. But it, oh, maybe maybe it is news to you. But I mean, I go back to the Steve McNair Eddie George days. Come on, man. I was, I hear you. Boy, I hear you. boy, what about that Super Bowl that they were in? The Titans and the Rams. Woo! That was, that was a, a Super good Bowl right there. Now, yeah. Uh, but we yeah. still have Ryan Tannehill at quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, uh, who is you know, mediocre. Uh, where I put him in the Kirk Cousins range. Am I right in thinking that? Am I wrong in thinking that? Kind no, he's, he's not as good as Cousins. Cousins I, is underrated. I feel. I don't. I don't think Cousins get get some of the credit just because his personality, but Kirk Cousins is pretty good. Yeah, no, okay, all right, I'll, I'll give you that. I just, whenever you draft them, you know, they're always kind of down yes. there in that same yes. area. Yeah, they're together there. Yeah, no, but I and agree. What that. helps Tannehill is he, he has the, the rushing upside. Like, he'll, 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 he'll vulture, you know, some, some touchdowns from Derrick Henry down the goal line. So that kind of helps him uh, a bit. But it'll be an interesting year for him now without, without A.J. Brown. That's it. That is. Look at that wide receiver room now. Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook. Mm-hmm. I think he was there last year. A kind, a kind. Yeah. I don't know. Did he add that one? A king. Yeah. Indiana University. Come on now. Hey, I'm sorry there, Pierre. Uh, Desmond Patrick. <laughs> there's nobody. There's nobody there. Robert Woods is there, but yeah. I've always thought of Robert Woods being more of the complementary wide receiver. Not the wide receiver one, Pierre. This wide receiving core yeah. looks scary to me. Like bad, scary bad. I agree. In addition, he's coming off the, the injury. Like he had the, the big ACL issue, which is why they went out and got Beckham for the Rams last year. So he's coming off of, of injury. He wasn't able to be that number one guy when he was in Buffalo before he, he got to the Rams. So right. it'll be interesting to see how he kind of plays in. I think Traylon Burks, they're hoping he's going to be that. That big, you know, big time receiver there. They took him in the first round to kind of replace uh, the the AJ Brown situation. Again, we just talked about Christian Kirk and kind of how he raised that wide receiver market. That impact, you know, hit the the Titans here with AJ Brown. They didn't want to pay him what he felt he was worth, so they they shipped him off to Philly, and now they're left with you know Bobby Trees and Nick Westbrook Aquina, you know, and then uh, Traylon Burks and hoping you know he can be that that eventual you know, top wide receiver for this franchise. That might explain why Julio Jones is still a free agent, by the way, because you know Julio Julio still thinks that he deserves that number one money, and I'd imagine <laughs> it's really overpriced right now in that market. Uh, Austin Hooper is there. Jeff Swaim is there as well as at the in the tight end room. Austin Hooper, I believe, is a good addition. I've never seen mm-hmm. Austin Hooper be able to take over uh, you know, be be a uh, be a, one of those elite tight ends in the league. Uh, but he's there. He's just a complimentary piece for Tannehill to throw to because this team is still going to revolve all around Derrick Henry. And I think we're going to be talking about that workload issue again for Derrick Henry this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hooper. I, I hated the the signing because he he joined the Titans like a day before we traded for Matt Ryan, and I I felt like we we probably would have been in on Hooper. 
had he waited for that acquisition to take place. But, hey, we don't have to talk about Anthony Ferkser now that Hooper's <laughs> here with the Titans. So that's a positive. Uh, he'll, he'll definitely uh, be the, the tight end one here. And Tannehill targeting him. He's, he's always targeted tight ends himself. We even saw some some Jeff Swain, you know, pretty solid games last year. Uh, obviously, you had Ho- um, Johnny Smith uh, before that as well. But, yeah, it's all going to be about Henry. Uh, that's that's always the the case here for the the Titans, and it's probably gonna be even more so this season. I mean, he he's finally got banged up. You know, he he's been a, a monster, a beast, uh, a little chink in the armor a bit now with the, the the what was his ankle? I believe he he hurt, got some screws into. Yeah, but foot. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see if if that can if he can hold up because he does. You know, with the carries, running backs don't have a long shelf life. I know he's built differently. But sooner or later, you know, that's going to start to to wear down on him. And if he starts to wear down with the, the these pass catchers, then the, the Titans could be in trouble. If he's a Henry of old, then they're, they're still going to be there on the end, probably with the Colts battling out for the division. But it's all going to be on the, the shoulders and, and back of Derrick Henry. So where are we drafting Derrick Henry in redraft leagues this year? What's too early to draft Derrick Henry? Top five? I mean, I think he's going to be there. Um, probably, probably seven. I, I imagine it's going to be that range for him, uh-huh. just because you know his workload. Like, if he's healthy, he's going to get the workload. Um, he's going to get the the goal line, you know, carries. They started trying to get him involved in the passing game a bit, and you look behind him. I mean, I, I know they got what Hashan Haskins, Dontrell Hilliard was decent last year, but they they lost um, the Dante Foreman to. Uh, yep. to who was there last year. So I hope it's not New England, but they lost him somewhere. I'll I'll have to look it up, but yeah, they they lost him. Uh, He was kind of the the workhorse a bit once Henry went down. So he's gone. So, I mean, it's going to be on Henry. He's going to, he's going to be the, the, the workhorse again. And we just have to see how it plays out. Carolina, uh, Dante Foreman went to Carolina. That is correct, Pierre. You are right. You passed my test. Uh, Whenever (laughs) I do see that, you know what I'm doing, I want to do if I'm a fantasy manager. I want to pull out the Derrick Henry warranty and just see how many miles was suggested (laughs) for Derrick Henry. How many are covered here for this? Uh, Yes, this team is in trouble if Derrick Henry goes down. And Mike Vrabel always does a good job uh, rallying the troops and all that. But, man, Mm -hmm. this really looks like a watered-down roster now, uh, more so than I've ever seen the Tennessee Tides. Obviously, Mike Vrabel... And the Tennessee Titans are trusting that Patriot system, obviously. <laughs> yeah, they'll still have a good defense. The defense will keep them in the game. But as for the offense scoring, there's going to be a lot of pressure, I feel, on Henry. So we'll see how that plays out. Yes, we will here on the DFS Dreamer podcast. And Pierre, you can laugh at me all you want whenever I end up building a stack with Davis Mills. But let me ask you out of all these <laughs> quarterbacks here. I'm not laughing anymore. <laughs> which quarterback, which quarterback do you look at and say, you know, that's the number one quarterback? I'm gonna ask you, who would you rather have? Uh boy. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna ask you Trevor Trevor Lawrence or Matt Ryan at this point. Or Davis Mills. Davis Mills. Trevor Lawrence or Davis Mills? <sighs> This is this is closer than you think. I actually like oh, Davis Mills. He 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 swayed me quite a bit last year, and he showed it on the field. He he looks he looks the part. Um, but I'm gonna go Lawrence. I'm gonna go with the pedigree, and 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 just assume that he's the guy that everyone thinks he is. So give me Lawrence. 
You're wrong. Uh, I try. Okay, so would you rather have? <laughs> would you rather have Lawrence? And out of respect, I will put Ryan Tannehill here uh, and save mm-hmm. Matt Ryan for last. So which one, uh, Tannehill <laughs> or Lawrence? I'm, I'm sticking with with Lawrence. Um, oh boy, I, I like him better than Tannehill. I actually think I might I might take Davis Mills over Tannehill this year. I'm wow. I'm not big on on Tannehill without AJ Brown mm-hmm. and just with the the banged up and young receiving core that he has there. I agree, and and I, I uh, that's what I was thinking of was the was the group around him a little bit more. And mm-hmm. so would you would you, <laughs> so you move Lawrence up to third or second in this? Right? Yeah, he's, he's, he's second, and I, I oh, will still right. take, I still take Matt Ryan. Shocker, I know being <laughs> a, a Colts fan, but I mean I felt like he still had juice last year when you know he he had Ridley, you know was gone, yeah. but you know before you know early in the season. You know, they were right there, and, you know, he, he still got Pitts involved, Russell Gage involved. Uh, I know the Colts don't have a the best receiving core, but they they got some young, some talent, and I still think Matt Ryan can get the job done. So I'll go, I'll go Ryan, Lawrence, Mills, and Tannehill as my rankings. Out of these tight ends, we got Evan Ingram and Dan Arnold in Jacksonville. We'll say Evan Ingram's the number one there just because, you know, we're supposed to, I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) And uh, let's not forget Brevin Jordan over in Houston, Mo Alley-Cox in Indiana, or Austin Hooper in Tennessee. Which one do you like best out of that group? No, I don't like this group, but I go go Hooper. Um, I feel he's most consistent. Okay. Uh, he, he was good in Atlanta. I thought he had some moments with, with Cleveland, and you, you can put that Baker Mayfield thing in question. Uh, after Hooper, I'd go Ingram. Uh, he had some drops, uh, clearly, yeah. uh, with the Giants. That that may be an issue, but I, I feel like he'll he'll get his opportunity there with Jacksonville. Then I'll probably go Jordan, and then whoever the, the coach has is fourth, just because it's such an unknown right now. By the way, I'm taking Davis Mills as the best quarterback out out of this division. I'm taking Davis Mills as the best quarterback out of this division. As far as fantasy relevance goes, if we're talking NFL relevance goes, I I probably would go Matt Ryan just because I like the whole staff and everything a little bit better. But from a fantasy perspective, even from fantasy, though, what folks don't realize is look, Carson Wentz threw for 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and he was he was top ten quarterback. He was QB ten going into like that last four weeks and he just bombed he stunk like the jaguars game obviously stunk the raiders game don't don't talk about the jaguars game don't talk about that (laughs) i know but i'm just saying that he was before he stunk he was he was he was a he was a qb1 he was in the top 10 and so i i feel like as as long as matt ryan's better uh i I feel like frank wright's one of the the better offensive-minded coaches and he'll put him in good positions to be successful if he just takes what Frank Wright and the defense gives him, uh, which Carson Wentz decided not to do and cost us the playoffs last year. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, all these wide receivers here. Who is the best wide receiver in Jacksonville, Pierre? Marvin Jones, from a fantasy perspective, Marvin Jones, Zay <clears throat> Jones, or Christian Kirk? Who you, who you taking first, or LaVisca Chenault, or LaQuan Treadwell? They got a lot of weapons. I'm, I'm going to say Marvin Jones. I know they went and spit out money on Christian Kirk, but I'm not a big Christian Kirk fan. Um, yeah, I, he didn't yeah. impress me in Arizona so, when he had the opportunity with Hawkins down, so I'd go Marvin Jones first in Jacksonville. I, I don't blame you at all, man. It's crazy to look at all those names and then we and all the money that's spent, and then we settle on Marvin Jones. But man, insane. 
Oh man. Uh, okay, over in over in your side of town, Indianapolis, Michael Pittman, he is there. We're gonna leave him alone for a second. Brandon Cooks is yep. right there. So we will say Marvin Jones or uh, Robert Woods. Who would you rather have? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. healthy, Robert Woods, but I don't know if he'll be healthy. So I'll stick with Marvin Jones for now. Okay, Robert Woods or Brandon Cooks. Cooks. Cooks, Cooks, yes. I, I, I almost want to say Nico Collins might be, uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> we'll see if he steps up. Brandon Cooks or Michael Pittman, there. Yeah, uh, I'll take Pittman. I, I think, I think Pittman's going to excel, even take it to another level this year. So Pittman. So really, the biggest question out of all these different rankings now, because we have the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, running backs, where Travis Etienne don't know how he's going to end up faring. James <laughs> Robinson don't know how he's you know it's such a such a uh, this is an RB. That's a good room though. If they're healthy, that's a good room. Like they yeah. could they could both see some success if they're if they're healthy, which is a big hit for both of them, really. Yeah, and so we'll say one of the Jacksonville uh, running backs or Marlon Mack. Mm. Mm. This is hard. Rex Burkhead. I, I understand. Rex Burkhead is the answer. I like Marlon Mack. I think he. I think he bounces back. So I'll take him over the Jacksonville guys. That's hard though. I, okay. I like both the Jacksonville guys. And I guess we are taking Jonathan Taylor over Derrick Henry because we are smart men yes. here on the DFS Streamer yes. podcast. <laughs> we will do that. But Derrick Henry is a uh, yeah one C. He's a one C. Can we put him there? One uh, A is Jonathan Taylor. We will say yeah. Derrick Henry is a one C. All right, on the DFS yeah. Streamer podcast, those are our official rankings for the AFC. Where were we? South AFC South. South. Yes. Charts is what we were just looking at. Some new names, some new faces, and always exciting, especially now that you know we have a rivalry going on beer. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. He had to get one because uh, you with my wife and the Packers with the Bears definitely wasn't a rivalry. We're not talking about the Packers. <laughs> At least the Titans beat the Coats here and there. Oh, come on, Pierre. Hey, that's Wee 31 over on Twitter. If you want to yell at him for yelling at me and giving me a hard time, he hasn't yelled at me. He's just giving me a hard time. And the truth hurts is what it is. That's why I'm in pain it right does. now. You can find me yes. over on Twitter as well. Your whole franchise. And they were, I saw an ESPN thing, and I know it. We we knew it when we looked at the roster. We've already done the NFC North roster there, and, and you guys can go listen to the past, past podcast and listen to all our different breakdowns of all the different uh, rosters in each of the divisions. And you and I both said, oh, that is terrible. I was sitting there weeping. I think I cried whenever we were doing the Bears <laughs> roster because it just looked really, really bad. And then ESPN uh, standings or something, they ran the simulations over computers over and over again, and the Bears ended up last place of all the entire NFL and the coaching staff <laughs> and the owners have said they have come out and said that they're tanking to try and get a three-year plan. Uh, in place. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, uh, I, didn't know that. I didn't know Theo Epstein was taking over the Chicago Bears. I didn't know that, but at least that's promising, right? Uh, if it was, yeah, because he, he, he won a World Series, but I'm not sure you guys have won the Super Bowl. So. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore, and we'll be getting to some prize picks a little bit later where you can use that code FIT, uh, FI Today to use that code over on prize picks. And if you are a new user, you sign up there and you'll be able to get a matching deposit, whatever you match. If it's $5, we'll match it to 10 If it's $10, we will do 20 and so on and so on. It's a great little way to do 
fantasy sports. All right, Pierre, look at here on our baseball, MLB. We haven't done this in a couple of weeks. I think we flew through everything last week. So let's talk about these team stats. First, we got to see who these teams are on top of each of the divisions. And the New York Yankees are starting to pull away a little bit. They're 27 and 9. Tampa Bay is 23 and 15. Five games back. Toronto is 20 and 17. Seven and a half games back. I think everybody expected a little bit more out of Toronto. But look at those Boston Red Sox. 14 and 20. 13 games back right above Baltimore, who is just a half game behind Boston at 13 and a half games behind those New York Yankees, Pierre. What's the most shocking thing for you in that AL East? Most shocking is definitely the the Red Sox, and that's because they have offensive talent. Um, Their pitching staff is kind of brutal. I know Evaldi gave up like five home runs in the second inning to the Astros yesterday, but you look at their backs, they still got J.D. Martinez, they got Xander Bogarts, they went out and, you know, paid big money for, for Trevor Story, Rafael Devers. Like, these are these are big names. These are, are good bats in the lineup, Kiki Hernandez. So, they have the the, the bats, but their their pitching staff's just been brutal. And even so, you would think that the, the bats would keep them in more games, but they're just struggling. Uh, like you said, 14 and 22, it's it's not looking good, especially seeing how hot the, the Yankees are. Uh, they're out in front pretty big right now. When it comes to the Red Sox, they're what, 13 behind the Yankees already. I know it's a long season, but uh, the Yankees are also stacked, and they have the pitching staff, so it's going to be hard for the Red Sox to, to catch them. And like you stated, the, the Blue Jays are a little slower, but I, I think they'll they'll warm up a bit. Uh, they'll get hot as it starts to, to get a little warmer there in Toronto as well. Uh, good bats. They have a solid pitching staff. Kevin Gossman has been really good for them, but – We'll see how that plays out, but it looks like the the Yankees are definitely going to pull ahead, but the Red Sox are definitely the biggest shock and disappointment so far. Hold on, Pierre. This, I got hey, hello. Oh, yes, Jackie Bradley Senior. Yes, sir. I know he didn't he didn't mention your son at all as being one of those big bats there in Boston. I will talk to him about that, Mister Senior uh, Jackie Bradley Senior. Right. Hey, in the AL Central, Minnesota is on top of there, twenty one and sixteen. The White Sox eighteen and 16, 18 and eighteen, five hundred creeping up there, creeping up to catch up to Minnesota. Cleveland is sixteen and eighteen, starting to flounder, three and a half games back. Kansas City thirteen and twenty two, seven games back right now, and Detroit. Is 13 and a quarter. Uh, that's what I would have said. Eight and a half games back right there, Pierre. Uh, looks like to me that the White Sox are starting to heat up a little bit, or either Minnesota is starting to cool down. I don't know which one it is, but it just it just appears that way to me. Minnesota's been solid. Um, so they're 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 right there in the mix, but I expect the, again the White Sox to to kind of come out on top. They've had some injuries themselves, you know, some COVID stuff take place. I believe they get Lucas Giolito back on the mound. He was on the, the COVID list. Aloy Jimenez uh, has been hurt. Jose Abreu started off really, really slow. Uh, he's been cold. If he can start to warm up, they, they have a, a good good talent as well. When you look at that lineup, uh, Luis Robert, uh, Grandal, uh, Andrew Vaughn, uh, the big bat, you know, Tim Anderson at the top. So I, I do think the, the White Sox will come out in front. The, the Twins, uh, their lineup's not, you know, that that great, yep. I don't feel. Um, Buxton, obviously, if he can stay healthy, he's uh, really good. I've always liked Max Kepler, uh, the lefty also. But the rest of that lineup, it's, it's it doesn't scare me. Uh, their pitching staffs, they're all right. You know, Sonny Gray, you know, he's starting to come in the form. But I just think with the White Sox, Giolito, Kopech's been good. Um, Keiko's been kind of rough. But I like their bullpen. I feel like, you know, 
Hendricks and those guys will, will get going also. So I feel like the White Sox will eventually come out on top here. Oh, over in the ALS, Houston's ahead uh, of the Angels by one game. <laughs> Tex- the Astros, they won't go uh, away. <laughs> no, they, they won't. Uh, Texas is ahead by seven, or behind seven by seven. Seattle is behind by eight, and Oakland is behind by nine uh, right now in that division. It, it's going to be a tight one. And I don't, I, you know, I was thinking about the other day, and I need to look it up because I know the rules have changed, and I don't even bother looking up the rules because I'm going to forget a hundred times before it ever becomes relevant. I think there's like 30 teams that make the MLB playoffs nowadays, right? I mean, there, there's a lot of teams that make the playoffs, and I really didn't want to digest it because I didn't want to get disgruntled over it, you know, because I'm, I'm an old man and people getting on my lawn and all those things. And I don't want to have to no figure more. out who's going to make the playoffs and who's not going to make the playoffs this early. I guess I'm just going to wait until later on to try and figure that out, Pierre. Yeah, I believe it's it's 12 total. I think it's six from from each. Uh, so you'll have the three division winners uh, from each uh, league, and then you'll have three wild cards from each league. So it expanded uh, a bit. Usually you would have like four because you'd have like the, the yeah, play-in yeah, yeah. game or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so you have 44, which is eight. So they, they basically added four more teams uh, technically to the to the mix. <laughs> I, I, I'm from the era where there was four teams that made the playoffs. You know, <laughs> right, <there> was, right. <laughs> four teams. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it's all about money, revenue, and that's that's what it's going. You saw the NFL. Yeah, you yeah. know, they, they added the extra as well. So that's just kind of where – where things yeah, are going. Even the NBA even has a play-in game like we talked about. The play-in tournament, the 7-10, and 10, it's all a, a financial situation. Yeah, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying I don't have a clue what's going on anymore. And I, I don't, <laughs> I'm to the point where I'm sitting on the porch uh, in a rocking chair going, I don't care what's going on anymore. I'm going to tell you what I think. That's it. You know, that's a, And at least yeah. the, the Mets are on top by six games. Philadelphia is coming up strong. I feel like they're coming up strong six games back. Atlanta is there seven games back. And the <laughs> Washington Nationals are 12 games back. You know, I've, I've <clears throat> listened to the podcast back every once in a while, and I go, hmm, yeah. You can tell whenever I have a vested interest in somebody on my fantasy teams. Like, Philadelphia's coming up strong. I got to feel it. I got to feel it. You know, I got way too many Philadelphia Phillies, and I'm hoping that they come up strong in their peers, what I'm hoping. Well, they should. I mean, like we've talked about, they have they have the lineup to do so. Uh, a lot of power bats, and you got to hope that they can get going. Their, their pitching staff's not bad. Um, the Mets, though, they're, they're at top, and they're doing this without DeGrom, so you got to keep in mind DeGrom hasn't pitched. He's going to come back at some point. They're going to have him. They're going to have Scherzer. That's going to be a pretty nasty uh, pitching staff there to, to go with bats that have been, you know, Lindor's been a lot better this year than he was last year. P.O. Alonso is a powerhouse. So. It's not. It's not. But, I mean, if he starts yeah. to play up to, you know, what folks were, were capable of when he was with the, the Guardians, I guess it is now, uh, it's going to be a, a big deal. Uh, Nemo, you know, he's been solid as well. So, going to be hard to catch the Mets, but I think the, the Phillies are the team to do it. The Braves, I mean, they get Acuna back and healthy. They can maybe make a move as well. Uh, they, they got Max Freed, you know, a solid pitching staff. Ian Anderson finally had a, a decent outing uh, himself. So I know Freeman's gone, but they, they have some bats in that Braves lineup as well. But I think it'll come down to, to Phillies and Mets, and I'm not sure the Phillies can catch the Mets. Uh, if they can get that pitching staff healthy there in New York. 
That doesn't matter. They're all making the playoffs anyway. So, I mean, they're, they're all getting a trophy at the end of the at the end of the season. Milwaukee is on top by three games over St. Louis, the Cardinals, the little Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Right? I got a Cardinal. Yeah. Chicago Cubs at seven and a half games back. Pittsburgh's at eight games back, and Cincinnati's at thirteen games back. Pierre, it's been a long time since you and I talked, and we made a lot of fun of the Cincinnati Reds. But they're up to ten wins yeah. now. They're up to ten wins. They are. Uh, and they I are. think it's been two weeks since we've done it. So that's that's triple what they had before. Yeah, they were at like three. <laughs> so they, they're up to ten. They they start hitting a little better, even though they got one win, I believe, without a hit. Or maybe they lost yeah, that game. No, yeah, I think I they think they lost to the, the yes, Pirates. Yes. Yeah, uh, they didn't either. give up any hits. But <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Cubs are benefiting from the Pirates as well. Like we're we're going for the sweep of the Pirates. We won what four straight. I know we're still seven and a half back. We're not going to catch the the Cardinals and no. the Brewers, but no. uh, Brewers should should win. I I still think the Cardinals are frauds personally. Uh, I know they have uh, Arenado and, and solid bats, but I I feel like they are what the record is. They're like a 500 team to me personally. So I think the Brewers, their pitching staff's nasty. They got Burns. They got Peralta. Uh, I, I'm guessing Woodruff will get going at some point. So I, I think the Brewers will will probably start to to spread away and. Uh, set themselves apart in this NL Central. Dodgers are one game up in the NL West over the Padres, and San Francisco Giants are two and a half back. Colorado's six and a half back, and Arizona is just seven games back. I'd expect that to be uh, a little bit more accentuated by this time of year, but it has not been. So they're just seven games back right now, kind of holding their own, but I think it'll end up catching up to them. Pierre? Oh, go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. What were you going to say? You're I was going to say, say you, you, joked, you joked about the NL East, everyone making the playoffs. This might happen in the NLS. <laughs> the Dodgers, Padres, Giants, Rockies are right around 500. If there's a division where everyone's going to make it, it could be the NLS. No, you're right. It, it, it feels like it. I don't, there's no way Arizona's going to do it, but it's, it's going to be close. Yeah. It's, it's going to be close. <clears throat> Pierre, let's go over and let's do this prize picks thing, okay, that I wanted to do. And I know you don't know what I'm going to do for you, but I'm going to kind of give you these things. And I'm heading over to Pro Football Reference is what I'm doing, heading over there to my computer. And we're going to do rushing right. NFL futures is what we're going to do. Okay. Rushing NFL futures. And as Rob and I did with the quarterback futures last week, we looked at them and we were able to pinpoint some people. And I don't want you to look at these totals. Okay. Cause you don't know what uh-huh. prize picks has picked. And I, we're going to end up you and I, I concluding. Know. Yeah, I know. And, and you and I are going to end up concluding what we think before we actually look at what prize picks has to offer us. And then we'll be able to right. make a good wager overall prize picks. And everybody can use, if you're a new user, everybody can use the code FI today and participate along with us if it's available in your area. And I know those people behind the scenes at prize picks is trying to make it available to everyone right now as fast as they can before the NFL season comes out. Because if they, if, if NFL is anything like they do the NBA or anything like they do the MLB, man, it's going to be a whole lot of fun during the NFL period. So I look forward to that. So we're over on rushing yards or statistics, Pierre. And there's the first name on the board is Jonathan Taylor. Last year, Jonathan Taylor had 332 attempts last year, 1,811 yards. Uh, And we're looking at the yardage here is what we're doing, Pierre. When we think about the team concept in there in in Indianapolis, we see that he only played well. I guess seventeen games is all the games that he played. I keep thinking that they had eighteen games. I don't know why. I keep thinking they had eighteen games, and I know I'm <laughs> right because there's eighteen weeks, but yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. bye week. 
Yeah. And so we're looking, I think what yards per attempt is probably the biggest thing to look at, right? Because attempts equal yardage and, and how many yards he has. I don't know that there was a drastic change there. Do you think he's going to be able to replicate the 1,811 yards to lead the NFL, though? Yeah, he has the talent to do so. I don't think he will be required to do so, okay. if that makes sense. So as I, as I mentioned when we were talking to Coates, Frank Wright has spoken out to say that they kind of had to force feed Taylor even more than they wanted to because they couldn't pass the ball last year. I don't think they're going to not be able to pass the ball some this year. So I don't, I don't feel like he'll have to have that type of workload. So I'm going to say he's going to come up short of that 1800 mark just because uh, he won't need to, to rush the ball that much. Who is the, who is the closest rusher to uh, Jonathan Taylor? Do you see it there? Who who was or who will be? Oh no, who was? Who was? Who was last year? Uh, is it Mixon? No, it was Nick Chubb. Oh, Mixon? Well, Mixon was Mixon was right there at third. Nick Chubb had yeah. one, had one thousand two hundred fifty nine rushing yards. Let me repeat: <laughs> Jonathan Taylor had one thousand eight hundred and eleven rushing yards. Yeah. Just and and his attempts were just so so much, not much more than everybody else's. But he had a lot more attempts. I, you know, Najee Harris. Of course, we always laughed and joked about how many carries and touches Najee Harris was getting. But Jonathan <laughs> Taylor finished with 332 attempts rushing the ball. So you say he's going to come up a little bit short than 1811. Where where are we putting him? How, how many yards do you think is safe to say for Jonathan Taylor? I'd probably go still around like the 1500 mark. Mm-hmm. or so would be my my thought so about 300 less uh, just because i think some of that's gonna go into the his pass catching so but he's still the, the top back uh still have the explosive big play so I'll, I'll give him about 1500 okay i agree with you somewhere in that neighborhood prize picks has him at 1400 pierre 1400 okay. that, that, that doesn't seem You'll take the over on that. It doesn't seem yeah. terribly wrong, though. You know, I mean, like I, when I look at it, I don't go, "Wow, oh, there ain't no way he's only going to settle for fourteen hundred. I would imagine if they had all their greatest desires that that Jonathan Taylor would be only fourteen hundred, so they don't have to run him into the ground. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean, you, you can take the injury factor as well. So he's pretty healthy last year. If he if he misses a game or two, he can easily go under that that fourteen hundred also. Joe Mixon is the next one on the board. He had close to 300 attempts, 1,200 yards, 4.1 yards per attempt, Pierre. We haven't covered the Cincinnati Bengals in our in our rosters yet or of our depth chart look. Uh, Joe Mixon, yeah. you know, Cincinnati Bengals have they're, – they're a passing team. Pass, pass, pass first. Is Joe Mixon going to be able to live up to that 1,200 yards that he had last year? Or maybe they're not going to play so far from behind that he's actually going to have more attempts and he'll be able to run the ball more. Yeah, I, I think they they want to run the ball. Um, I know you you have the the big names, obviously Burrow, uh, Chase, T. Higgins, those guys. But I mean, they they felt like a, a run first team for the the, the most most of the season. Uh, they did get behind some, uh, obviously as as Burrow got healthier. Because uh, he was coming off the ACL tear himself, they started to unleash it. But I still think that they'll they'll keep it honest. They'll run the run the ball. So I could I could see Mixon still being around that same you know range of of twelve hundred yards. Yeah, that four yards a carry or four yards per attempt seems about right. The three hundred mm-hmm. attempts seems about right. So I'm looking at twelve hundred yards right there for Joe Mixon. So you and I are on the same page with that. Well, mm-hmm. Prize Picks has them listed. 
at 1,125 rushing yards, Pierre. Is that too close to, to take the over on? Or yeah, can we just it, leave that with pretty me? close. Yeah, I, I leave that one alone. He, he didn't miss a game, I'm pretty sure, last year. Well, that's true. Uh, yeah, plus, yeah. he had his, his ankle. His ankle was kind of banged up some as well. But, yeah, that's yeah. that's too close to what I think he'd be at. So, I wouldn't – I don't see an advantage there, I guess you could say. All right. The sophomore season for Najee Harris, usually a sophomore season, means to a little bit of a regression. And there's no more Ben mm-hmm. Roethlisberger there. So, so, I think that kind of offsets that sophomore jinx, right? Because maybe they're going to lead on Najee Harris more, which seems yeah. ridiculous to say. But maybe as far as handoffs, not as not through the air as much. I don't, I don't know how much this system is going to change. This is a big question mark for me with Najee Harris. Sitting around 300 mm-hmm. attempts. 1,200 yards, about four yards per attempt. That looks about right to me again, Pierre, that 1,200 yards uh, for the season. I mean, I think it might be a little higher. Um, so he, I don't know, he, he only averaged, what, 3.9? Mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger wasn't like prime Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> That's he true. didn't really have much of an arm. Uh, even if he, he did drop back, there were usually short intermediate passes to, to Deontay Johnson. So Mr. Biscay could actually help out Najee Harris quite a bit uh, just because of the talent he has. He also has his own rushing ability. Like Trubisky can run also. So I, I think that a non-stack box um, or at least safeties that actually have to, you know, honor the arm strength of Trubisky could help out uh, Najee Harris. So I think he could get up to that, that 1,300. You know, you're, range. Uh, you're right. The Pittsburgh coaching staff, after watching Mitch Trubisky throw the ball, may really be a little bit more dedicated to the run. <laughs> hey, I, I, I don't think he was that bad. Like, I know he's a Chicago guy. You got a good look at him. But I, I thought he was decent. Uh, and I don't know. We'll see how that if, plays if out. They, if they let him that. create. If they let him create on the run and don't try to make him into a pocket quarterback, he'll probably be just fine. But you're right. Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. was looking at – uh, 14 or 15 guys in the box, I think, whenever he yeah. dropped back to pass, and so was Najee Harris, because those back judges pulled up to the front, too, and they just all circled around you know, that 5 to 10-yard range. They said, we got to get 20 yards back there. It's not going that far. we gotta, we got to keep it up front here. <laughs> exactly. So you, you might be right, Najee Harris. The field might be spread out a little bit more. They do have those wide receiving weapons there. I know we haven't covered them yet. But uh, mm-hmm. so, so what are you thinking there for Najee then? 1,200? More than 1,200? I'd probably go about 13. I think he can he can have a pretty Woo! big year. 13. Woo! That's a lot. That's a, Compared to everybody else, that <laughs> sounds like a lot. All right. Uh, well, you look at, like, where he was at. So he was only 100 short of that. If the if the carries continue and he's getting more, you know, per carry, he could, he could get there. But what about that offensive line in Pittsburgh, too? I mean, that was the thing that everybody That's was, true. you know, everybody was, was like, okay, you can't, you can't. You can't fit him through a needle. That's uh, a Kel camel through a needle thing. Uh, true, so, he, can, he can end up being Trent Richardson for all I know. But all right, I just a little bit more. I, I like him. Okay, uh, Najee Harris, a little bit more than twelve hundred yards is what you agree with. Uh, uh, Price Picks has him at eleven fifty. Eleven fifty. Okay. Yeah, I go over personally. You go over. Okay, I'm doing it, Pierre. I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, Dalvin <laughs> Cook is our next guy. Dalvin Cook, the explosive back. How many games did he end up playing last year? Let's see. Where is Dalvin Cook? I don't even see Dalvin Cook on our mm, list. Pierre. Thirteen. Where, Play thirteen. Where, where is he? I mean, how many yards did he have rushing? I can't he was find right behind. Him. He was right behind Harris, I believe. Oh, there he is. Eleven fifty-nine. 
Yeah, 1159, 250 uh, attempts, which they leaned on him heavily. 4.7 yards per attempt. Still a great yards per attempt for Dalvin Cook mm-hmm. last season. That That's wonderful. That's wonderful whenever you look at that. Uh, it's got to be up there near the top of the leaderboard. Uh, what do you think this year, Dalvin Cook? I don't know. It's tough. And it's tough because they coaching change. So Mike Zimmer's no longer there. Uh, 249 is a lot for only 13 games. Yeah, <laughs> so, it is. Uh, quite a bit of uh, carries. So they, they like to get him involved. Uh, I think he's going back to his college number, uh, number four. He said he just feels lighter and faster as number four. So <laughs> he got that narrative coming in. Uh, the only thing is I feel like they should get Alexander Madison more involved. Uh, whenever he fills in for Cook, you know, he, he does just fine. Um, that's my that's my one concern here is, is the new coaching regime – going to maybe spell cook a little bit more, try to keep him healthy, use Alexander Madison, who's also a talented running back. So I'd I'd probably go a little higher, but not much, just because I think they they should go a little bit more running back by committee. Not, Not like a split, but they should definitely spell Dalvin Cook more, I feel. You would think they would they would do that because that's the trend that we've seen in the NFL over the last several mm-hmm. seasons. But Dalvin Cook to me is not going to be a guy who's going to let that happen. You know, he's <laughs> it, it, he's going to be mad if that happens if they come in with that kind of philosophy. To me, in that opinion, I, I like what you're saying. So you think less than eleven fifty nine? Is that what you're saying? Because the attempts won't be there. Yeah, I think I think it'll be right around that again. So okay, yeah, twelve hundred, eleven fifty nine, a little bit less than that. Um, I mean, let me tell you this. This this may be the easiest one, Pierre. As I look at this, I, I don't I don't look at it before I start talking. Doubt, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've looked at it in the past, but not before you and I do it. I keep I keep the little screen where I can't see what those rushing yards are, and you and I both know yeah. I'll never remember what they are <laughs> before I get <laughs> Dalvin Cook, thirteen hundred yards. Mm. We looking at the NFL totals from last season. There was nobody in that range. There was only one. Jonathan Taylor went over thirteen hundred yards, and he was at eighteen hundred, yeah. and that was a unique situation. I, I know Dalvin Cook didn't play yeah. all seventeen games, but at the same time, when was yeah, the he last missed time four. Cook- so that's that, that's what you got to consider. He didn't miss four games, but I don't know. What's to say he won't miss some again? I don't know. That's tough. I don't think I would do it, but I could see him if he's healthy. He can get there. Clearly, he got to 11.50 and with four games not played, but I just I wouldn't risk it. Okay, I I agree. No, no biscuit there for us. No biscuit. Antonio Gibson <laughs> is our next guy. He had 260 carries, 258, 260 carries, only 1,037 rushing yards, four yards per attempt per year. That's pretty low. That's lower than that's that's almost that's right above Najee Harris's. I mean, you think about Najee Harris. <laughs> We, we bashed him, and, and they bashed him last year. He's only had four yards yeah. per attempt. Uh, Antonio Gibson is still going to be in that share with, uh, you know, no more no more third down. He's not third down back, all those things. But where do you think Antonio Gibson lands this year? Somewhere near close to that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what Washington's doing. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> McKissick was leaving, and all of a sudden he came back. Then they, they took Brian Robinson in the draft. They had Jarrett Patterson, who they took, you know, the year before that. So they keep bringing in running backs. Huh. And you, saw, you heard Rivera at one point say that he could envision Gibson in like a McCaffrey-type role. And yeah. You're like, yes. Yeah. And then he keeps bringing in running backs. You're like, no, what are you doing? So <laughs> I don't know. He's probably going to be around that. Um, again, you got to look at the quarterback play there. So you had the the Tyler uh, Heineke situation for, for Washington 
Fitzpatrick was brought in, didn't didn't get a chance to play. He was hurt. And now they got Wentz. So you look at what happened with, with Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, Gibson's not Jonathan Taylor. But if, if Wentz but. can't throw the ball again, <laughs> you might have to rely on Antonio Gibson. So, I mean, I might go a little higher, uh, but I think Wentz will be fine. So he'll probably be around the range that he's in currently, right around that 11 to, to 1,200 range with the others. Yeah, last year he finished with 1,037. That's probably missing some time there a little bit. We know he left a couple mm-hmm. of the games early. Also, maybe one of the reasons why Ron Revere is bringing in all those other running backs, six fumbles. Six fumbles, which is yeah. just about uh, – and that, that's a lot. Uh, for all, I think that's the highest right there on the page that I'm looking at among all the running backs. Uh, six fumbles mm-hmm. for Antonio Gibson, so he has a little issue there. 1,037 yards is where he finished last season. This season, Price Picks has him marked at 1,050 yards, Pierre. 1,050. Yeah, that's too close to comfort. I wouldn't but, touch it. That's that, but you know, I kind of want to. Derrick Henry is yeah. the next one. 220. <laughs> 220 carries last year. We all know that he missed half the season, only played in yeah. eight games. He had 950 rushing yards, approximately. I'm rounding up a little bit here, everybody, just for us to be mm. able to talk about it a little bit easier. And his yards per attempt were 4.3, Pierre. You and I just talked about how <laughs> hard they're going to lean on him. And you know, Mike Vrabel and Derrick Henry both want him to be the leading rusher in the NFL. I mean, that's just how it is. That's, that's what they. They both were going to hang their hat on at some point. So they're going to want to outdo Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Derrick Henry is coming off of, did he almost have like 2,000 yards or did he have 2,000 yards two years ago? It was close. It was close. He almost had a a thousand with eight games (laughs) last year. He only played eight games. I was rushing a thousand yards. So it's definitely within his realm of possibilities. And yeah, I think he had just over 2,000 back in 2020. Yeah, yeah, and 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 we talked about the the depleted offensive side of the ball. It looks like for the Titans, where's Derrick Henry gonna run? Is he gonna run to the moon this year? <laughs> I'll probably put him right up there with with huh. Taylor. I think he'll be right around that at yeah. fifteen hundred range if he can stay healthy. Fifteen or sixteen is where I'd, I'd put I'd put him to somewhere in that neighborhood. Derrick Henry is projected for fourteen fifty. Pierre, we're getting pretty good at this game, you know. I mean, maybe maybe <laughs> Price Picks needs to use us to do this. I think that's too close to call. Javante Williams, Pierre, we know all the situation in Denver. We see him finishing with two hundred rushing attempts, nine hundred rushing yards, four point four yards per carry. The explosive back that he is. Where do you see him finishing this year? Is he going to get more touches from Melvin Gordon or not? How do they bring Melvin Gordon back? That that drove me crazy. <laughs> um, it did because Gordon's. I mean, he's a he's one of those just vets. Yep. He's just one you dependable. You can lean on him. Only, only fumbled what three times. Yep. Uh, he's good. He's just talented. He's, good. he's still talented. Yeah, and so that's tough. I feel like it's going to be similar. Uh, I know everyone wants it to be Javante season, but I just don't see how it can happen. With, with Gordon back in the fold. So I'm guessing they'll probably split again. And I'm guessing that was probably discussed when, when Gordon, you know, decided to come back. Uh, you got Russ there now as well. So they sure. could throw the ball a bit more uh, with, with Russell Wilson. So he'll probably be right around the same, around that 900 range, maybe hit a thousand yards, depending on if there's an injury or something. Yeah, I'm thinking eight or 900 yards, because like you said, with Russell Wilson there, I don't see him leaning on the run maybe nearly as much as they did last season. Melvin Gordon, mm-hmm. I don't think, I just think the roles are going to be very similar. I, I think that's to what it was last year. Price, uh, last year, they rushed for 900 yards. This year, Javante Williams' price picks has him at 11. 
hundred yards, Pierre. Yeah, I'm going under. I am too. I am too. All yeah. right, a couple of rookies here. I'm going to lean on you heavily on these guys. We talked about him in our AFC whatever division that was that we went up to the East, I think, with Brees Hall with the New York <laughs> Jets running back. Uh, yes. Where do you think he's going to fit into all that action up there in New York? And looking at all these totals, uh, where do you think Brees Hall is going to fall in? How many yards for the season? Yeah, I don't. I don't usually like rookies too much. Um, uh huh. I agree. You know, Harris was the the bell, but he wasn't like a you know early first round running back. So I'd probably go down. I'd say 600, 600 700 would probably be my. I guess for him, uh, he's still got Michael Carter to worry about as well. So I say that six, seven hundred range probably. Well, not only Michael Carter, but they they got the uh, Coleman. Who, who's, who's that guy from? He used to be there in San yep. Francisco with the Colts. So yep, uh, I mean, he's, got, he's got a lot of people to to be, beat out there. Price Picks has this one, eight hundred yards rushing for the rookie. Uh, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see, see it either. I'm going under. I mean, when he, I look he, he, he should be the talent there, but I just. I can't see it. When I look at the 800 club, I guess that's not too hard to get to. Leonard Fournette was there, and we know how many games Leonard Fournette missed. Sony Michelle was in the 800 club last season, which seems like very mm-hmm. odd because he just – he two Sony Michelle had 200 carries last year. 200 carries for the Rams. Sony Michelle did. I didn't know that. <laughs> David Montgomery only had 850 yards last season. What's going on with that? Uh, uh, how many uh, injuries? I mean, but once you get past, like, those guys, you start getting up to – the good talent like Josh Jacobs, good Alvin Kamara, good Eckler, yeah. good. So I mean, he's Bruce a rookie. Not good. He's yeah. on a team like the Jets. I mean, he, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but he hasn't proven himself in the NFL uh, just yet. We don't know how he's going to adjust. Um, we don't know again what the running back by committee is going to be, as you stated with, with Tevin Coleman there, uh, Indiana University, by the way, and uh, mm-hmm. Michael Carter. Uh, they went and got some weapons for for Zach Wilson, so they may throw that try to throw the ball uh, a little bit more also. So you just got to take all those things into account uh, on top of him being a rookie and not a first round rookie at that. Yeah, Michael Carter finished with 640 rushing yards for those New York Jets. So I think I'm going to go under on that mm-hmm. one. Last one here, Kenneth Walker the third with the Seattle Seahawks, Pierre, with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, yeah that's that. So I. I, I <laughs> Oh, this is all going to depend. There's there's two things. So Rashad Penny looked really good last year to close the season. He's going to get the first opportunity. What happens after the fourth game when he's he's hurt? When he's hurt. What happens with the fourth game when he's hurt? Yeah, Yeah. it's true. It's true. He's got an injury history. And that's why it's tough because he's going to get an opportunity if Carson, for one, like retires, can't play because of his neck. If Penny, you know, pulls that hamstring again early on, all of a sudden, you know, Walker's going to have a chance. So that's what you kind of got to try to determine. I'd probably go on the lower end and and just assume that maybe Rashad Penny's going to stay healthy. I know that's going to be tough, but I'd probably go again to that that 500-type range for, for Kenneth Walker, who was really good at, at, you know, Michigan State. A lot of carries, bell cow type of back there. So he's capable of, of carrying the load, but – Seattle probably ain't going to be that good. They don't have Russell Wilson this year. Uh, they're looking at Drew Locke or, or Geno Smith, so they could see stacked boxes if they're not able to pass the ball. So I'd probably go on the lower end for Kenneth Walker. 550 for Kenneth Walker is what they have it at. So it, that sounds about right somewhere in that neighborhood to me yeah. as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking at that. 
Well, I only have four players selected. I usually like to pick five players, Pierre, and you could use that code <laughs> FI today and pick five players as well. It's just a, it, it kind of puts you in a different level whenever you make those picks. And uh, if you know yeah. if you get two right, they or if you get three right, they still pay you a couple of bucks anyway. If you get four right, I think it uh, two times your money. If you get five right, it's like five times your money is what it is over there on Prize Picks. So that's pretty good. So I'm going to go hit back the over on AJ Dillon. I don't know what it is, but I, I hit the over on Dillon. <laughs> he's not on here i gave you i gave you all the ones they had on here so i'm going to go back to the quarterbacks i'm going to go to justin herbert who's at sitting at 4750 uh i'm going to take him as my fifth one here and i'm going to say he's going to go over that mark like rob and i talked about on that uh baby bowl podcast that we did just last week i believe it was all right so jonathan taylor yeah. we're locking him in for over 1400 yards is that right correct uh, Najee Harris over 1150, Javante Williams mm-hmm. under 1100, Brees Hall under 800, and Justin Herbert over 4750. Yes, five correct gives you 10 times the value, four correct gives they pay you out two times the value, three correct they give you 0. 0.4. I don't know what that they, they just they say thanks for playing. <laughs> That's what they do. They say thanks there for playing. Here, here's your Chuck E. Cheese stamp. <laughs> All right, I locked it in there, Pierre. Don't forget to use that code FI today over there for a new user, and they will match your deposit bonus. Uh, great job, Pierre. Well, wonderful. I love talking running backs with you. It's a lot of fun. I knew it would be perfect in this AFC South division with me being the big Derrick Henry fan and you being the big Jonathan Taylor yeah. guy. That's right. Big Titan fan, too, apparently. So there you go. Roll Titans. Is that what I was supposed to say? Roll Titans. Good job, Pierre. Don't forget to follow him over on Twitter at Wee 31 Don't forget to follow me at Loafinit. Follow the show as well at FI Today with a little underscore. Leave a review. Make this a star thing over there on Apple, iTunes, Podcasts, and over on Google Play as well. We More importantly than all those actions, though, Fit Fam, we always want to encourage you to make a positive uh, I'm sorry. The, the kids, the kids, Pierre, are jumping up and down outside the window. I think they've been listening to the podcast. I think they like our prospects. But we want to encourage you to go out and make a positive impact in somebody's life today. Ding dong. <laughs>